0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watched Tonight, I'm joining me from across the big old pond, well, he's a statesman to my kingsman, it's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, mate?
1: I'm doing very well, Matt. How are you doing this evening?
0: I am doing quite well. It's been a balmy old day in uh, England, and by that, I mean, it's been really quite hot for us. It's been in the higher oh yeah, echelons of the 80s, so... um, sweating and still coming down from that culture shock of actually having some heat in England. But other than that, dude, I'm, I'm doing it right. Uh, films are back. We're enjoying them again. So what more could we want? Other than that, though, I do need to know how are you and are you keeping Florida safe?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, I'm doing my part. Um, as Make best Florida I can. Right again. Oh, uh, I, am doing what I can. It doesn't <laughs> always work out. Um, but, uh, you hear my dog barking as pretty hey. usual. Um, uh, but, you know, it's been, um, we're, we're on our last week of school before we enter our summer break. And uh, so, you know, I have finals and stuff going. I got to get grades in the computer and all that. So it's it's a hectic kind of week, but I'm I'm mostly up on everything. And uh, I do have one class less than others because one of my classes is graduated already. Um, so, like, they're done. So it's one whole period where I don't have to, like, grade anything or whatever. So True. that's uh, an advantage um, that I get. So, yeah, I'm uh, winding down and getting ready for um, summer. I'm, I actually, I've increased my workout regimen. Um, I'm going to try to go to the gym five days instead of three and running three. I'm going to be uh, trying to bulk a little bit this summer. Um, it's become like a, a, a goal. I actually wanted to do this last year and then COVID hit and the gyms were closed for most of the summer. So yeah. I continued working out, but there, I didn't have the equipment to really like push myself. I only had you know, the weights that I had, I couldn't increase my weights or anything. So I just had to maintain. Um, and I haven't yeah. but now the summer, my goal is going to be like two, two hard months of really like pushing the weights and trying to gain some and, uh, you know, just staying healthy is my, my big goal.
0: I've spent the whole of uh, the pandemic bulking out, but it's not in the same way that you have. Like I'm <laughs> sure the pastries has gotten the better of me. But, um, well, in terms of making uh, things great again, Films are back in cinema, as we mentioned up top there. And, well, this particular film we're talking about tonight, is actually supposed to be out, well, about 15 months ago. Uh, and I know some people have seen it, critics saw it in March of last year, and I had to sit on these reviews for the last year, 15 months or so. So, tonight, in standard, bloody awesome movie podcast, non-spoiler fashion, no spoilers, we'll, we will release a spoiler episode uh, early next week for this, we're talking about A Quiet Place Part 2. 2020 is A Quiet Place Part 2, but it's released this year, it's 2021. Uh, it's directed by John Krasinski again. He also wrote it alongside Scott Beck and Brian Woods. And it stars Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, Cillian Murphy, or Killian, however you want to say it, uh, Noah uh, Duke and Jumon Um The synopsis says, following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realise the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand. half ellipsis. Now, the first film was very well-received. It was lauded as one of the best horrors of the last decade. So how did this one do? Currently, Rotten Tomatoes critics have given it 90%. Metascore, very good 74. And the IMDB users, 8.1. That, to me, sounds like it's been pretty well-received. And as we said, this is available in theatres. The best way to see a quiet place part two will always and never be in theatres. Sometimes you go for sound design and music, for for this you go for the atmosphere. The first time the first film I saw in cinemas was Unreal. Yeah, you know, the, the the cliche that you could hear a pin drop in a theatre when you're watching it where every single sound on screen was accompanied by everyone in the audience very quietly wincing at Make a noise was mad, and it was such a simple kind of premise if you think about it, almost like a silent horror film. But Krasinski made it work because he focused on the family and he gave us people to cling on to without needing to embellish too much on the world around us. We knew that there'd been uh, the world had been devastated by something, that's all we needed to know. We would jump straight, dump straight into it. He had faith in his writing, in his characters, performances, and his audience as well to buy in, and they did. Now. The question was, <laughs> was, did we need a sequel to A Quiet Place? Um, and obviously everyone's going to be saying, well, now that we've got one, is it as good as the original? What I will say about that is time's going to t- time will tell, because I think this film needs to be resolved for longer. But I really did like this film. I really did think this was a really very good sequel. It. I was worried that by the trailers, it was just going to go bigger, like art is bigger, badder. And it does go bigger in the sense that it expands the locations in which he uses, but he still remains focused on the Abbott family from the first film, of course, led by uh, Emily Blunt, Evelyn this time, Millicent Simmons-Regan and Noah Duke as Marcus. They're our, our uh, triumvirate of main characters here. So we still have the family dynamic, which was key to the first film, key to the first one, but this time, this time we're adding in Cillian Murphy's uh, character of Emmett, and I thought he was he added something to the film, there's a real nice ambiguity to his character. He added something which I don't want to say the first film was missing. But obviously we're the first film with a family drama. Now we've expanded upon those boundaries. You know, what's the world really like and characters like Cillian Murphy's really help. But the standout was Millicent Simmons' character. She is, for all intents and purposes, almost the lead in this film. Almost the lead. Of course that shared with Emily Blunt, they forget uh, equal screen time, but where the uh, in pure sequel fashion where the stories kind of diverge in different directions, um, everyone gets a little bit more time apart from maybe Noah Dup, who spent most of the film annoying me. <laughs> Noah <Nellie laughs> character really annoyed me in this film. Not that I didn't like his character, but his character did annoy me. There was that one particular moment when I'm thinking, what just, just what are you doing? Why, why just don't do it, you know. I know they needed something to happen to progress the story to get, so they can get to a point, but it was one of those character moments where I thought, don't, just, ah, and then he did it and uh, chaos happened because of it. But look, there's some good tense moments, some great sequences uh, again. It did feel a bit like a rehash of the original, I will say that. Krasinski doesn't really stretch himself, I don't think, in this film. What I, what I mean is I don't want this to become like a Purge-style universe where... You know, we, we we suddenly start focusing on different clans from different parts of the United States or wherever it is. I don't want. That. I want it to remain focused on the Abbots. But there was, and I actually have seen some people saying they'd like to see a purge style universe. I think those people need to have their heads checked. Um, <laughs> but Platinum Platinum Dunes did do produce those films as they do. So, ugh. but um, no, I like the fact that it still remained focused on the Abbots. It didn't go didn't push the boat as far as maybe he could have done, but mm. he was also said this is part two of a planned trilogy. So there's oh. that. Um, but no, I liked it. I liked the opening. I thought the opening was great, even though we kind of know what's happening to some of the characters. I thought the intro was great. The moments where he wanted you to kind of be on the edge of your seat were done masterfully again. He gets it. And I he gets, it's not horror, like I said, he gets tension, atmosphere, and he knows what, is going to make people wince and because he's written his characters in such a way that we give a damn about them when you're in this situation, so A Quiet Place too, dude I think yeah, I, really good. if it's as good as the first one, I can't tell you that yet, give me a year or so and I'll be able to make that up but is this where you're going to tell me you hated it?
1: No, I also really liked it um, I, I will say uh, I do think it, it is a horror sequel, which are almost always lesser um, and they almost always repeat the, the magic of the first film. But yeah. if we were to rate this amongst other horror sequels, I would put this really high on that list. Um, I think it's a very well-made sequel to an original film. And I think you could even go outside of horror, like just in general, sequels are a, l- a little lesser. Um, I mean, like there's so many examples of bad sequels or like mediocre sequels. And um, it's why when they announced this as a sequel, I was immediately concerned um but i think he does a good job of like you said kind of stretching the legs enough that we expand the world a little bit um, i do think some of the the rules and and guidelines set in the first film are maybe stretched a little too thin to make this work at times um, but nothing that is like earth shattering or or devastating to the the film um, i think though what worked so well in the first film that works again here is the characters that these are people that you immediately are are rooting for. You care for um, partly because of the performances. They're so good, especially Cillian Murphy in this film. I think with little time, he won me over so quickly. Um, And I'm a fan of him as an actor anyways, but I really thought this character was just so well conceived and Uh, performed by him that even with a little bit of information you're able to just empathize with him quickly which is important in a short film this movie moves it doesn't stop Uh, it's 90 minutes of almost like consistent action and or suspense Um, there's that's I can't remember what who I saw wrote this in a review but it was something along the lines this movie could use a little more time to breathe and I think that's true I think if you look at the first film to this one, we get more quiet character calm moments, and this one feels unrelenting, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because I already like these characters, but it, there are moments where we could have had a little bit more calm um, and not be consistently bombarded. But overall, I thought the film was great. I also was annoyed by Noah Jupe's character. Um, and I think partly because it felt like they... They reset his arc from the first film. Like I feel like he he's regressed a little bit in this movie, which I hate when they do that with characters when they don't know what to do next. So they make them relearn the same lesson they learned from the previous film. Um, I kind of feel like that's what happens to that character in this movie. Is like they're like, "Uh, we'll just have him do it again." And it's like, uh, maybe not. Maybe we don't do that. But um, I, I thought the performances collectively were great. Um, there are some awesome. Set pieces in this movie, uh, and some really great cinematography. I think there's a, a very, very long take in the opening sequence that is just stupendous. I'm a big fan of the long take. It's something yeah. I've actively studied, and I, I love when I see them. I actually saw two really cool ones this weekend. Uh, I'll talk about the other one later. Um, but yeah, I had I had no real issues watching this movie. Um, there's a, I had some questions, and there are some things that maybe feel like they got cut out, or like maybe decisions were made. Uh, to not go a certain direction with some story that made it feel like um, not not a plot hole, but maybe like uh, a, a a path we didn't walk. Um, but we we like stood at the path, we looked down the lane, we're like, nah, we won't go there. We'll just let we'll just leave it here, and you can take it as it is or forget about it altogether. Which I won't get into for spoiler reasons. But um, there are some things that I would like to know what the intent was like why that particular set of sequences or what we're supposed to take from it. Um, but overall, uh, it's, it's exactly the, the suspenseful movie. It has tremendous sound design as the first film did. Um, and to go to that theatrical experience, I I saw this with just 10 people in a very, very large theater uh, auditorium at my local theater. Uh, I'll talk more about my local theater in a little while. Um, and the beginning, before the, the movie started, there were three of them who were definitely used to watching movies at home for the last year because they were just blubbering away, just talking so loud. The whole mm-hmm. auditorium could hear them. And keep in mind, I'm sitting pretty far away. And I'm like, oh, man, this is, I can't have people who are going to comment in this movie because I knew there were going to be moments of absolute silence, right? That is, that's a trademark from the first film. I assumed that when we went into Millicent Simmons' character – um, we would have those moments of silence again. And I was really concerned. And much like the first film, the audience is so engaged with this movie that you don't get that. And I that was one of my favorite theatrical experiences of a horror film ever, was yeah. I was so concerned with The Quiet Place being ruined by the audience, and it wasn't. It was only heightened. Because when there was silence and there was actual silence in the theater, it made it feel... You, you could tell everyone was on the edge of their seat. Everyone was in the same headspace. And that happened again. Um, I think Krasinski has a really good sense of storytelling. And the thing that I I have always liked about him as an actor and as a filmmaker is he's earnest. Like he generally wants to make something that we will enjoy. He is active. And I'm sure that's probably true of all filmmakers, but there's no pretension that I I gather when I watch him. Like he, he there's just this natural enthusiasm and an optimism. It's like a kid in a candy store and I vibe with that energy and it, it is going to make me always a little bit more um, accepting of what he's doing, even if it's not perfect because I'm just like, yeah, man, I love that you love that you're doing this. You know, like I, I connect to that. That's kind of how I operate as a teacher too, is I, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. So maybe you'll enjoy what I'm doing or the same thing that I enjoy because I'm showing you how much I enjoy it. And I, I get that vibe from Krasinski. And um, I, I mean, we could look at his YouTube show that he did last year during the pandemic that sold for a bunch of money, but you know uh, he generally just seems like a happy guy and that comes across again. Yes, this movie is a horror movie, but there is a sense of optimism. There's a sense of fun. um, And it's not to take, like, it's not taking away from the horror. It just, it just adds to the, Experience of watching it—that you are in the movie, you are engaged with what's going on, you care about the people, um, you're you're anticipating, but you're also reacting to the things that are on screen. It's just—it's—it's it's what a movie-going experience would be. And I—I kind of wish this was my first movie back in theaters instead of Spiral, um, because I definitely had a much better time watching this movie, and uh, I have—I have a strong connection to the first film, and this film for me, I—I um, I was teaching A Quiet Place two or three weeks before the pandemic with anticipation of my now just graduated group. We were going to go and watch a quiet place 2 in the theater, like a field trip, like not like everyone. If you can meet up, we're going to go see it at this time. Kind of field trip. Not like a get on yeah. the bus and go to the moon. And then the pandemic hit. And this was the first big movie that was delayed because of the pandemic. And that sitting to see this now did bring some emotions. Like right at the beginning of the movie, I was just thinking about like, man, a year ago, everything, this movie was kind of my, like, like signpost of, wow. of, of everything's really bad. This is really serious. This is not something to goof around with. And so, like, being in the theater, seeing it on the big screen was, um, I it almost felt like a weight relief. Like, I know the pandemic's not over. I know there's still a lot of people who are, are still sick and people are still dying from COVID. But this like seeing this movie on the screen just was like, look how far we've come in a year. Like that I'm sitting in a movie theater vaccinated, hopefully with other people who are also vaccinated. Um, I still wore my mask, but nevertheless, um, it was, it was that brought in like a lot with this movie to me. There was a lot of baggage with this film and the fact that it overcame that and I still had a really great time watching it was just the icing on the cake for me. So I am really happy with it. Uh, I think it is a solid sequel, I don't know that it needs a third movie. I just want to throw that out there. I felt like it ends well and we could stop here. But if they can pull it off a third time, cool. I just hope it doesn't do anything to damage the overall experience of the films.
0: Yeah, I think we probably mentioned it on Apocalypse last year. I I seem to remember we were recording one episode and we were like, oh, damn. A Quiet Place 2 has actually been delayed now by a year. Uh, And that was, like you say, the signal that things maybe weren't quite what we thought they were. Um, and I, I agree as well about Krasinski's direction. There is no pretension. It's, but I don't want to say he's, he's straight, he's a straightforward director. Like he, you know, he, he knows what he wants and he puts it out there and it's fairly simple. I don't, I don't think it is. There's more to it because he understands what, oh, well, this is, this is pretentious almost, but he understands what horror is. Horror isn't always about what you see. It's about what you feel or what you fear or fearing for other people. It's not always about the blood and guts. um, and Krasinski gets that as well. He gives us, like you say, some fantastic, uh, sort of action-packed sequences and horror moments. But it's when he when he focuses on our characters and, and their plights. And yeah, this film has a couple of um, quieter moments, a couple, uh, as I say, quieter moments, but quieter character-focused moments. Not as many as the first, and there are some. And it's you know up for debate as to how successful they were uh, in comparison. And I I think sometimes it is hard to get out of comparing films especially when they are, you know, the first one was so good, and we got this film which you know, we didn't wasn't necessary because the first one, you know, you could have ended on that one, but I'm glad we got this one and as for a third one uh, this, you know, having seen the film now, it does feel like second film, you know, the second film in a three film trilogy, It, it does it just feels like we're building up to something, I don't know what, but what I thought was going to happen didn't, and I'll mention that in the spoiler mm. uh, recap. What I thought would have been a fairly a, quite an interesting take. It would have actually, I can't say that actually. I'll wait till we get to the spoilers. But um, but no, I'm glad to hear that you are you're a big fan of this. It seems to be a lot of other people were, and obviously you, you were overcome with this joy of being back in the cinema. I my overall feeling was was relief. It was you know the kind of I was kind of fearing is that you know firstly what if this film isn't really very good secondly what if it's not really very good having waited for 15 months almost to actually finally watch it and then to find out watch it it is good it was worth the wait it does build on the first film it doesn't detract from it and it was you know uh, at, at a certain level in comparison that was the most important thing for me and that, that that was my biggest take out from this film was you know thank god you know that Krasinski knocked it out of the park here because you know it it could have taken away from that first film if this one hadn't had been too bad or had he done what I said and taken too many risks you know it could have ruined the law that they set up in universe so I'm glad that he didn't go too far I would have liked to have seen him stretch a little bit more just to to see what he could have done or just to make it differentiate just ever so slightly from the first one but like you said it's you know it's horror sequel itis and I'm not going to complain about it because I thought the film was great.
1: Yeah, yeah, I also uh, really liked it, and so yeah, uh, good, good follow up to an awesome movie as a another good one.
0: And like we said, the film is in theaters around the world is opening this week. So, to put on a mask, go and watch it, and go and enjoy the beauty of horror or just good films in the cinemas once again. So, Quiet Place Two gets a thumbs up from the both of us which now takes us on to our next segment, which we call Chuffed Headlines. And it's our segment where we both take a headline from the world of movies and or pop culture, uh, one that caught our attention for whatever reason. And we like to tell the other person why it caught our attention. So John, what have you gone for
1: this week? So before I completely say my headline, I do want to uh, reiterate the safety thing that Matt just mentioned is if your theater is following safety protocol and it's safe for you to go to the box office, I definitely encourage you to do so. I know my local theater is relatively empty. Most of the time um, I'll talk again in a minute, but uh, I feel comfortable going there for, for some reasons, but I'm also willing to walk away if I'm not comfortable, like if it was yeah. overly crowded or whatever, I'm willing to go come back another time. Cause it's close. It's not a far drive for me to go to this particular theater. Um, so that said, uh, we have been, for months been talking about the future of of box office, like are movies going to be something we go and do anymore, or is it only going to be streaming? And the fear for people like Matt and myself is that it would only be streaming because we like to go to the cinema. Like it is something yep. we generally enjoy. It is our favorite thing to do. And, and for me, it's easily where I'm the most. A saying I'm social is inaccurate because I don't talk to anybody, but it's the, where I'm actively going into a place where I know other people could be. Cause I often avoid those situations. And the movie theater is the one thing that I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to see this on the big screen. I want to see it with everybody. I don't want to be weeks behind. I like to see mm-hmm. it when it comes out. Um, and so this weekend is huge. It was Memorial day weekend in the old days, about 10 years or so ago this was the start of the summer blockbuster season. And now that, that date's been pushed up to the beginning of may over the last several years, especially because of Marvel. But with the pandemic, it looks like this is that opening weekend. Again, more theaters are opening up everywhere. Uh, We had two big box office releases this week in the States. We had Cruella and a quiet place part two. So two big movie releases, one only on in theaters and one split theaters and same day for a fee on Disney plus, but we did see box office dollars spike at the highest they've been since the pandemic, since Sonic actually back in February of 2020. So that's the headline. Um, I, uh, the article I'm using is from ComingSoon.net. It's a quiet place. Part two and Cruella reignite the box office is the f- official headline. Um, and this was a, f- uh, not including Monday and in their totals yet. Um, but a quiet place in 3000 theaters, over 3000 theaters, uh, 19 million on Friday, 15 million on Saturday, 13 million on Sunday domestic at 47 million with an estimated Monday, they were thinking another uh, 10 million or so. Um, so about 57 million for week one, huge uh, for not, not huge all time, mind you, this is not a opening weekend record by any means, mm-hmm. but huge to see that people have been back in the theater because in the States, especially, I think our, our highest grossing films were like 13 million for the weekend. You know, and here we got 13 million on a Sunday. So people went out to see this, um, and worldwide, uh, this article does touch on some of the worldwide numbers. Um, I think, uh, Krasinski got another 22 million in just 12 markets over uh, uh, worldwide, an additional 22. So a total of 70, 70 million just from the three days, not including again, Monday, because this was written on Monday. So before Mm -hmm. the final numbers. Um, Cruella did pretty solid as well with, uh, 20, 21 million for the first three days. And again, keep in mind that that is split theatrical and people could pay 30 bucks and own it essentially on Disney plus. Um, and, uh, I think worldwide, it just hit another 16 million at 29 markets. So 37 million worldwide. So just those two alone did really, really well. Um, fast nine has out worldwide, but not domestically yet. And it's doing Uh, gangbusters it's over 200 million Uh, so it's uh, bound to do pretty well when it does drop here in a couple of weeks Um, but yeah man this is uh, it's hopeful Uh, we're seeing that people do want to go to the theater it's not time to shut the doors and board them up and burn it down like it is there's still a chance that we can get theatrical releases again we can do it safely Um, maybe we need to regress a little bit maybe we don't need to have such large openings maybe you do them like you know uh, make them an event again, right? Like this movie's only playing in these theaters this weekend or something like that. Like people, that's how it used to be. Uh, we got a little spoiled with that. And, um, if you make it something that you, not everyone has immediate access to, it might push that, that theatrical release window where people want to go because it's like, well, you can only see it this weekend. Um, and I I think if you look at Cruella versus a quiet place, I think there is maybe a little more anticipation for a quiet place, uh, overall, but the fact that a quiet place is only in theaters and Cruella is on both. And they are about half the box office. That's, that says something to me. Um, a quiet place part two is, uh, to be fair though, the speculation that I've heard is that 45 days from this weekend, it will be on Paramount plus, um, so much faster turnaround. It used to be a 90 day window before they could do that. Now it's only 45 that that negoc- is being negotiated. So, you know, um, some people still might be like, well, I'll just wait 45 days. But for me, especially a horror film where I know people are going to ha- there's going to be spoiler talk pretty quickly. I did not want to wait to see it. So I saw it as soon as I was able to.
0: You are spot on there. A film like this, and and far be it from us to ever tell anyone how to watch a film, but the experience of watching a quiet place in cinema was so was something I haven't had, experienced before in horror. like that kind of throttling atmosphere that I couldn't wait forty five days to watch it at home. Doesn't matter how good my my home TV and cinema system might be. That certain things are made to be watched in the theatres and um, A Quiet Place Part 2 for me is one of those. Cruella, I, I am looking forward to seeing that this week. I've heard things about it. You know, it's on Disney Premiere Plus. I could buy it now if I want to. But um, now I know I can watch it at the cinema. You know, yeah, you know, I think I will, as Captain America didn't say at the end of Endgame. Um, but I, I'm just glad we're back talking about box office again, man. The figures we're getting are good. And like you said, I think we've been spoiled beforehand. And I think part of that is also down to films are becoming, you know, inexplicably more expensive to make, which I think is awful, which shoots up the, the ticket prices, which it obviously mm. inflates these opening weekends in some cases. But, you know, uh, one thing I'd like to get back to is today is, you know, make films a little bit less expensive to make. And yeah. that sounds something it's coming from somebody who loves star wars and we both like the marvel films and dc and that which are obviously pushing that um bracket up more but you know look at a film like a quiet place too it wasn't made for big money but it's going to make pretty big money back or see i mean it would have done in a in a more open world uh, we look at something like the invisible man as well horror seems to be quite good at that made for nothing made bonkers money back um or even something like Joker as well. You know, it didn't take much to make that, but it made over a billion pounds, dollars and pounds. So there's that side of it as well. But I'm just glad to hit that we're talking box office again for these big films rather than you know trying to work at how many people may or may not have watched it on Netflix Prime insert streaming service here. So that's my main takeaway from the headline was it's great to see the word reignite the box office again. And I I'm sure you're gonna mention Cruella at some point. Um, and give your thoughts on that film so i will say no more about that but i am hearing good things so it seems like seems like there has been a couple of good films out this week to to reignite the box office and i'm not mentioning fast nine because uh, are you going to rush out to see that one
1: um yeah i will see an opening weekend <laughs> uh not not necessarily because of fandom i mean i tend to go see opening weekend course, uh, usually yeah. for this podcast if nothing else um but uh you know, I do. I am a fan of the f- several of the films. I don't love them all. Um, I think they're uneven. I think my favorite character is coming back in this one, though. I'm a little excited about that. Um, uh, I T-Mod. know who that is as well,
0: even though I don't yeah, watch the films. Uh,
1: um, but uh, you know, um, they are they're they're stupid, but they're fun. Like I, I'm not one of the people who act like it's some intelligent movie or that like the idea of them being family is really like family. good writing. Um, but i do again kind of like krasinski uh vin diesel is very earnest about these movies like he he makes them (laughs) granted he makes tons of money doing them but he does
0: i think genuinely love them and there's something Uh, i think he believes he's in them as well i think he uh, there's something about vin diesel just smacks up i think he believes he is dominic tereso his name is in, in real life as well um plus in his contract he can't be beaten up which uh, is yeah see that's that's a problem for us. This action movie nowadays but one day i will uh, well, i say review i have seen the first one but one day i will go and watch the fast saga but i just can't get i just can't get excited about the idea of watching them i don't know what it is about them because like you say you can just watch them and they, i know people who love them not because they're high art but because they can just have a blast with them and i lo- i love nothing more than putting on a film and having a blast of it but I caught something about the fast franchise which simultaneously doesn't doesn't pull me in and pushes me away I you'd have to school me at some point man
1: yeah I don't know I was I was very much against him for a long time like I saw the first one I liked the first one um I did not like the second one uh i I do think tyrese gets too much to do in these movies i <laughs> um I know that's not always a popular opinion some people really like Tyrese and I don't dislike him but i just don't think he's a great actor i think he's, he's very idiot as well sometimes dimensional yeah and then there's that whole thing but um but yeah you know uh box office i'm glad to see it doing well and you know hope it uh, I, again i don't want to encourage people to like go unsafely but <laughs> if you can go safely to the movies then i definitely you know if do it um yep let, let you know I, again especially in the states uh the easiest way to show your support for something is to give money to it so yep as much as I don't necessarily like that, but it is, you know, it's, <laughs> it's how they know the system. And part of that is because I do love independent film and so many independent films don't make any money. No, Even no. if their budgets are low, they still don't get a lot of box office dollars. And that's always disappointing to me because some of my favorite movies over the last five, six years have been small independent films that maybe I caught at a festival or I was fortunate enough that one of our local theaters did have, um, you know, the Florida project pops to mind right away. And, yep. um, I always want to encourage people to see those, but uh, we don't always have access to that, but you know, um, a quiet place is an example of the, it's the, it's closest to a mid tier movie that we get anymore, as you mentioned. So going out and seeing it lets filmmakers know that uh, the art, that there's, there's someone for the art, like there's still an audience um, who are willing to uh, traverse to a local theater and sit in a chair that may or may not be super comfortable (laughs) <laughs> um to commit to them hopefully to commit to watching the movie for two hours because that's what i do when i go there I, I am um fully into the film even even i i admittedly check my phone more uh the last couple of experiences because the theater is empty and i don't feel that same i don't want to be rude obligation but i still check my phone far less than i would if i was sitting in my house like it's more like i heard it vibrate just let make sure it's not my wife or something kind of check you know yeah. versus it being like well I can play this game and watch the movie. Like I might do it. No. So, um, no, no. And no, I don't no. do that in the theater. And that's, uh, it was nice being able to have that experience again. So yeah, glad to see box office climbing. I, I, I really hope theaters don't go away. Um, it is my, I would be so sad if that were to ever happen. So,
0: well, every safe cinema visit and every pound, uh, dollar, euro, lira, yen that goes back into cinemas and back into the studios keeps the industry afloat, and we'll get it back, get it back out there again. So, like John said, stay safe, and if you can and want to, go check out what's coming out because we've got a lot of big films coming out, and you know, we're talking about family. My uh, my headline is kind of about family. Though a tenuous link, I will admit, um, it's actually coming. It's actually a surf a story that's come back since last year, and it's it's around John Boyega. He re- he said in a 2020 interview with uh, Jake Hamilton on the Jake's Take YouTube channel that you know he would he'd, he'd come back to Star Wars only if Kathleen Kennedy uh, and JJ Abrams specifically were involved. He said also plus maybe someone else and a couple of members of the team. He said it's a no brainer. Yeah, he'd be back. But he would he would but he would absolutely be adamant that he'd want more say on the story um as would a few other people you know because it'd have to be worth coming back and also because he felt like the character of Finn was short chained and sidelined as the sequel trilogy went on, plus you know also boyager again he's not a list yet but you know he's he's winning awards now he's getting he's getting up he's going up in the world he's get this is his springboard was star wars. And he wants to make the most of it, so he's got more clout now than he did when he was cast in the Force Awakens. But like I say, it's an interview which has kind of come back to the surface from last year, uh, and this um, quote has been picked up and it's been run by a lot of main, a lot of the major retailers again. Um, that you know he'd come back to Star Wars after saying he wouldn't do. You know originally he's kind of like you know I'm done with it. You know as Oscar Isaac said as well, and kind of Daisy also said, but she also was more upfront to the idea that look you know if the story's right, of course I would, but you know I'd rather them to other stories because the galaxy's so big. Oscar Isaac basically said if I need a new house I'll do it again. Other than that, nope. But I think his opinion may have changed somewhat over the last since the Rise of Skywalker came out just like Boyega, you know, if the right people are involved and the story's right, I'm coming back. So um, fairly, you know, fairly mundane story, but I've never actually, I don't think I actually thought, of, I know your opinions on the character Finn, I think, but what are your thoughts on, you know, Boyega's say, originally saying, almost, nope, no chance of my coming back, I'm certainly not going to do a Disney Plus show for these guys, to now saying, you know what, if the story's right and the right people are involved, of course I'd come back.
1: Well, I, I didn't blame him, nor was I mad at him. I, I feel like of all the characters, I think Finn gets the worst treatment. Um, and I'm a yeah. little surprised that he's down kind with JJ rush. cause I, yeah, definitely Rose. But I feel like JJ's part of the reason he gets shortchanged, um, because of the, the fan, uh, pandering that I feel like rise of Skywalker does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a little surprised that that was like one of the caveats he had. I, um, but I do I I. on the other hand I do wish actors in general would maybe slow their role with denouncing their role in a franchise right like because we, we I think the other example that really stands out to me is uh, um, Daniel Craig and the Bond franchise you know he was so adamant that Spectre was his last one and now we got no time to die coming out granted way later than it was supposed to but like he was so like, I'm not coming back to bond. I'm done with bond. And it's like, well, one more. Cause at the end of the day, it's their job. And yeah. let's be real. Like, like I, I think Boyega is a ter- terrific actor attack the block. One of the most underseen, awesome sci-fi movies. And I, I'm so pumped for a sequel that we're supposed to be getting now. Um, I think he's really good in the, uh, I'm going to forget what it's called. The, oh the Amazon series that, um, I'm gonna forget everything. My brain isn't working. It's so yeah, a series, it
0: kind of, and my head goes blank. It's I can't think of the act.
1: The director's name. Um, he's a film director, but he did like five British films about.
0: Um, oh, um, the axe, uh, small axe. K- 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 no, um, it's um, like the small
1: axe series, right?
0: Yeah, yes, right. His his name is he's got this, he shares the same name of someone else famous. whose name. I can't remember. I know it's like right
1: there on the tip of my tongue. And it is not coming to me. Um, uh,
0: I can't. Why oh, he, Steve, McQueen. Steve McQueen. Asset, yeah. Oscar there. winner, Steve McQueen.
1: Yes. Uh, and t- terrific director. And the movie that Boyega is, is in is excellent. Uh, he's very good in it. Boyega isn't getting, I think he's getting maybe the star Wars treatment where he's not getting a lot of other work. Um, At least not yet, you know, and uh, if you look back at the original group, uh, Carrie Fisher, while she was working consistently, she's kind of vanishes from a big screen presence um, for a long time. Uh, Mark Hamill, same thing for at least for like a decade or so. You don't really see him in stuff. Um, But Harrison Ford, boom, boom, boom. I think here we're seeing Ridley is getting some work, but it's been a lot of negative feedback from a lot of it you know chaos mm-hmm. whatever is not been well received um and isaac being the exception isaac seems to have and again if you look at those similarities too, isaac is very much in the han solo role in yeah. in his role as poe he's he was more kind
0: established of, before unlike harrison but he was more established yes. before this
1: so um maybe that's the the issue so maybe boy is like uh maybe i need to take what i can get because maybe people aren't going to give me the chance and that's that stinks because i do think he's a really good actor yeah um he's very charismatic and i think finn in the in the force awakens showed that i loved finn in force awakens he was one of my favorite elements and i thought the chemistry between him and ridley was super strong and i think that's one of the problems of last jedi is that they are a part for so much of it sequel thing like you mentioned um yeah. And I, I do think that's a detriment to the film as much as I love last Jedi and I'm a huge avid supporter of last Jedi. I do wish that we had more Finn and, and Ray together. Cause I thought they were really dynamically compelling. Um, and I guess in a way though, when you think about it as much as it doesn't completely parallel empire empire, you get the Jedi figure is gone training on a foreign planet for most of empire where you have the rebel and the, the pilot together. And that's what you have Boyega and Isaac are together with Rose being kind of the, the female interaction there and Ray's off training with her Jedi master, you know? So it's not anyone's fault, but it it does, it does stink because I I like them together. I would have liked to have gotten more of that relationship. And all we get in rise of Skywalker is that he likes to scream everybody's name way too much. Um, but you know, uh, I, I'm definitely I'm down for. I like Finn, so I'd be down to see him in something, whether he was a lead or a, like he said, like a mentor figure for another new character. I'd be cool with either one.
0: Yep, so there you go. The book has spoken. Um, yeah, let us know what you think about that, and also about the fact that we can openly talk about the box office again in such a fun way. It feels like <clears throat> we're making those very small steps towards, um. Getting the cinema back, getting films back, getting the theaters back, and getting back to some kind of normal spiral of life. So uh, that was our headlines, and now we're going to move on to media consumption. It's our little segment where we talk about the movies, TV shows, video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours, books, comics, whatever it might be that we've used to pass the time. So, John, what have you been up to this week?
1: So, my usual podcast, uh, main podcast, listen is Blank Check. Um, they, they just did John Singleton's movie Rosewood, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure I saw at some point, but I don't remember as much of as I wish I did. I'm going to probably end up rewatching it after listening to the episode. Um, they also I'm, I'm like three quarters of the way through their uh, commentary on New Moon. Um, they actually have the director who's been a regular uh, figure on the Blank Check podcast over the years. He's been on a few episodes. Um but he's there doing the commentary with them, which is always kind of fun because they, they clearly like nerd out a little bit when the director's there. Um, I I also am planning on rewatching the twilight movies because of the, this. Um, yep. But at the very least, I've never seen the last two breaking dawn. So I will be watching those. Um, so for movies, uh, I, I went to the theater three times this weekend. Um, I saw a uh, quiet place too. I saw Cruella which um, I actually really liked. I was really nice. impressed. It, it is my favorite uh, live action Disney movie so far um, of the remakes of the remakes. Sorry. I've heard it's, it's, a lot of people say this. Um, Emma stone is definitely a major part of that, but so is Emma Thompson. And um, I, I I'm not going to remember the guy's name, but the guy who plays Jasper, he was also in uh, yesterday, the Danny Boyle movie. He was like the best friend character in yesterday. Um, the other bandmate, if you will. And mm-hmm. I, I really liked him in yesterday and I love him as Jasper here. There's just something he's super charming. Um, he's also in Paddington too. I think, I think he's like the mailman or one of the, the city worker guys that are like, you know, there's like the different characters that are yeah. populating the Joe Froy. Yes, that's it. Um, And then, you know, Paul, Paul Walter Hauser, is that his name? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah, Paul Houser, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the dude is always a perfect casting for any kind of idiot character. And he's just so funny in this. Um, really enjoyed the film. There's some, uh, it's an interesting, it's a true adaptation. Um, and I was, I was pleasantly surprised. My wife also enjoyed it. She went with me, hadn't been in the theater in a while. So it was really cool for her to, to want to go to the theater to see it. Um, so yeah, we, we both were, uh, big fans. Um, and then I went to the theater the, yesterday, uh, and saw Wrath of Man. Nice. Um, the new guy Richie Jason Statham movie. I liked it. I had actually, uh, I kind of went in very like reluctant, um, but thought it was good. It's not great. It's not outstanding. Scott Eastwood's cast in it to give a little bit of you know, hey, all right, Scott Eastwood, that Yay. guy. Um, but it, you know, it, it's it is what it is. I thought the plotting was really interesting. Um, by comparison to some of his other movies, uh, I I thought it worked. Um. And then uh, for movie club, we watched the documentary Cobain Montage of Heck. Yeah, um, I'm a big Nirvana fan, and I'd not Same. seen this documentary, so it was.
0: Uh, I have seen but, this one.
1: Ah, I really liked the animation in it a lot. Like, there's some really cool scenes where they use like recordings that Kurt had and stuff to to um, fill in some of the information, and they they animated, and I thought it just looked really cool. Um, I'm a big fan of of the music, so anytime there was music playing, I always enjoyed that. And then. Uh, I also found it very tragic. I didn't realize how tough he had it at times. Mm -hmm. And um, that was, it was, Kurt Kurt Cobain was one of like the first celebrity deaths that I remember being like really impacted by as a kid. Um, So watching this documentary was, was something I probably should have done when it came out, but I'm glad I finally got it uh, checked off my list. Um, Finished Mighty Ducks Game Changers
0: got through episode 10. What did you think? Cause last week you were, you weren't so hot on episode nine, were you?
1: Nine, nine was a little, I felt superfluous. It, it didn't feel like it was something we really needed to have. I think 10 does a good job of, of delivering on all of the promises from uh, throughout the season. Um, and I think they do it in a, in a, a more satisfying way than it, like it could have gone. Cause you always have the Rocky type ending, um, or you have the, the triumphant ending, both of which yep. have been done over and over again. And I thought this show found a cool way to kind of marry the two, um, without saying exactly what happens. But I think it's, it, you know, it, it's early enough in the episode too, where it's not like a spoiler. Um, but I won't get into any more details than that. But, uh, last week I mentioned, I watched the haunting from 1963 and yes. found out that it was based on uh, the book the haunting of hill house which then of course there's a tv series on netflix that came out i didn't realize it came out three years ago but um that shows me i've Damn. watched the first five episodes of it uh, have you seen it
0: no i haven't but i didn't realize it came out three years ago i wanted it's, to watch it
1: it's 2018 which i was just like wow i it feels like it was like a year ago uh this the sequel series which is it's an anthology series so it's not um the same characters a lot of the same actors are in it um i didn't also realize um McKenna Grace is in the show as one of the younger uh, like because it's cutting back and forth between two different time periods and McKenna Grace is a terrific actress and so I was really excited when I realized it was her um, I'm five episodes in the 10 episode series uh, it's so good I'm so into it uh, nice. I, I really really like it I wish I'd watched it sooner um, in some ways but at the same time I'm also happy like nothing was ever spoiled for it which is really interesting because it was mm-hmm. pretty felt like it was a popular show. It felt like a lot of people were talking about it, but I know nothing about it. I am really really wanting to read the book because I know the book is completely different. Um like there are some similarities between the two movies and the show, but there's also tons of different liberties taken. It is its own thing for sure, and I love I kind of think that's why I like it so much is I love this kind of ability to analyze this one source material giving us three very, very different properties that are all tied by the, essentially the same name. Um, so I, I've been having a lot of fun. I really want to finish it. I don't know that I'll get to it before the end of the weekend, but I do want, I do want to keep watching. Excuse me. Sorry about that. It's been a long day. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to finish it up.
0: Nice. use uh, usual standard uh, wonderful list there. Yeah, I like that Cobain documentary. Um, I, I, I watch each and every one that comes out from the old Nick Broomfield one to the more, uh, uh the, the worse off one, shall we say? Cruella, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, I don't want to say too much because I know you're going to mention it here, but yeah, you know, I've heard it's really quite a good Emma Stone's, and Emma, the Emma's are good, Annette Stone and Thompson, and I've heard a lot of people say it's one of Disney's better live action remakes, if not the best remakes, or live action movies of recent years, if not the best. So, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, watching i'll give my thoughts on it uh, on next week's episode um this week i have uh been to the theater uh well twice but what the f- first type of thing i saw second thing i saw we was the conjuring three or the devil made me do it i went to see that with Ooh. my uh brother and sister and yes we all agreed that it is a hor- horrible title i don't care how it's explained it's a bad. T- I really don't like the title of the film, especially like the way the font is on the poster. It's almost like Fast and Furious, like Fast and Furious. The devil maybe do it. it. Feels like that to me. Um, I didn't like The Conjuring Two all that much. Um, I really liked the first one an awful lot. I think that's an excellent example of how to do horror like modern contemporary horror second one i think went too big which is my problem started introducing cgi elements we've got all the offshoots of annabelle and the nun and la Lerona and all these other things um, i wanted this quick, film to take Go on.
1: i was I, I i don't know if you looked ahead to next week's episode but i think we are going to do this movie next week so
0: oh yes we are sorry so i am going to save what i thought about the conjuring I even I even looked at this earlier on. So I "Actually, I won't say too much in." Uh, but I saw it, and I'm going to talk about it next week. Um, so I watched that. Um, I watched The Hoppet and Unexpected Journey. That was on on TV. So I put it on. It was on in the background. I watched watch it and I think, Do you know what? This has got some so many good moments in it. But then it's so it's stretched out, and I can't help but think what came after, which is also uh, ho- horribly bloated. So it was like one and a half good movies in those three films. You know, it could it could have been really, all just one like really long Zack Snyder cut of The Hobbit, like four hours, and there you go. That's the Hobbit trilogy in one film. You can make fairly decent trilogy, fairly decent big film out of that. Um, but I've also finally dipped my toe into the Ghibli film, Studio Ghibli, um, with two of the you know the, the flagships, the staple films. I watched Spirited Away over the weekend, my first ever viewing. I've wanted to watch it for so long, but I just never. I know what it's just You know you know what it's like. Some, you, you have all, all the best wishes in the world to watch something, but you never get around to it. But this weekend, I finally thought, no, I've got a few hours. I thought I did. I'm putting it on. All the Ghibli films in the UK, anyway, are on Netflix. They're on HBO, you said, stateside. Um, so I sat down. It was about quarter to 11 in the evening. I watched Spirited Away. I watched the first half because I started to fall asleep because I was tired, not because of the film. Re- picked it up again the next day wonderful film really really joyous film and i i, I loved that the music was enough almost to make me bore my eyes out but like, the sheer humanity of that film was just and it's like the bonkersness of it all was great a dreamlike like, bizarreness the whole thing was great uh i also watched my neighbor Totoro as well another staple and again so so much enjoyed that film uh, to the point where I'm slightly annoyed that I've sat on these films for so long. Um, I'm going to dive into some of the other bigger ones like uh, Princess Mononoke, Your Name, and then start moving away from Ghibli and going into like, a, the perfect blue and the films Christopher Nolan uh, ripped off um, and things like that. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get it in there because somebody would put it in the comments. Um, so I- I've been watching those two Ghibli films and really, really enjoying it. Uh, I watched episode five of The Bad Batch on Disney Plus, Star Wars A Bad Batch, Still enjoying it. Now it's consistently solid. If nothing else, uh, this newest episode was pretty good. I I enjoyed it. It did what uh, a supposed filler episode, which I don't think it is, needs to do and advanced the story in little bits. So it sets things up for the next episode. It wasn't just let's blow things up with no connection. There was connective tissue and it was fine. Um, and I'm still playing The Last of Us 2. I'm 15 and a half hours through. I haven't played as much as I wanted to in the last week, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm, having, I'm watching A Quiet Place Part 2 today. I was meant to mention this. I got Last of Us 2 vibes from it at certain points. And because, of the, because of the world and certain sequences and um, pairings, I was like, oh man, I, I, maybe I've just played this game too much in recent weeks, but I can see it. You know, it's not an influence by any means but or an inspiration, but my mind immediately went there. But then again, I walk out the front door sometimes and imagine I'm in the game and I'm like, right, if I see anyone, I've got, to, you know, I see someone in the distance and my mind starts zooming in to, like, with a rifle scope. Um, so I think I've been inspired too much by computer games. Uh, I'm really <laughs> digging the last of us Two, really enjoying it. I feel like I've only got what, two more big sessions left before I finish. I just want to get to the end. Like I said last week, not because I don't like it. I need to know what happens to these characters. man. I'm so in, I just want to know. It's like it's like when we watch a film, you've got yeah. two hours, and you know you're going to potentially find out what happens to these characters within two, two hours. Here, I know I've got about another five, eight, nine hours to go before I find out what happens, and god damn it, John. I just want to get to the end, and this is a short game as yeah. well compared to some, so dig in that, man, and um, yeah, enjoying the games uh, and enjoyed my first step into the world of Studio Ghibli, which I know you're a fan of i am i'm
1: glad to see that you finally checked those off uh i yes. really really like spirited away um like i like my neighbor totoro as well that one's just more of like a fun like mood yeah. poem um, very much so. it, in comparison there's, yeah yeah there's very much a plot in spirited away uh i find that movie endlessly uh analytical like you could just analyze it for days it's just there's so many things that you can take into it and it's it's fun it it made me learn a lot about um, Japanese culture too, because there was a lot of stuff with uh, the spirits that I was not familiar with, and yeah. bathhouses—total foreign concept to Americans. Bathhouses are not a thing here, uh, so um, I was like, "What is this? What's happening? Why are they going to a place to take a bath? That's normal." Oh, okay, like uh, yep. n- no idea, because that's you know, I mean, we have like spas, but it's it's not thought of as a bathhouse. It definitely exists, just again, it's not it doesn't exist for most middle class people, I would say though. Never been to a spa, um, and middle class is a, is a myth. Anyways, um, yeah, awesome uh, little selection. I'm glad you checked off some of those Ghibli films. And uh, I, I keep saying, man, Porco Rosso. Um, yeah. And I, owe, I owe blank check. Uh, the whole reason I finally like cracked down and made sure I watched more than just Spirited Away was because blank check did how Miyazaki films. So I watched all of his movies. Um, because I wanted to, uh, to, I'd been wanting to see them anyways, but I was trying to keep up with the podcast. So that, that's one of the things I love about that show is I actively am working through filmmakers, filmographies because I want to follow along the episodes. And, um, it, sometimes it's harder to do because those movies aren't always readily available. Like when, they were doing how Miyazaki, Zaki, I had to buy a box set off of, uh, eBay. Um, because I couldn't, I couldn't, that was right after Disney lost the rights to the distribution. So you couldn't find the blu-rays anymore. Yep. And, um, there were several that I couldn't get easily. So I I, I found a box set for 20 bucks, which is still really good. But now they're all, they're finally streaming at the time. How Miyazaki was still not allowing the movies to be streamed anywhere. And, uh, now they are, you can buy them on voodoo or you can buy them on iTunes or whatever. And then you can also watch them with an HBO max description here in the States. And I believe in, uh, the UK and other markets uh, on Netflix or some streaming service. They are out there now. Something that was not the case when I was trying to keep up with that, uh, blank check series, but
0: Yep. Yeah. And um, by, uh, checking out a filmmaker's filmography, you find out their inspirations. You suddenly realize your you, you, the tree is branched out so much more in terms of film knowledge as well. So, um, right. And I'm sure I'll be doing the same as well. Cause I'm obviously going to look at going outside of the Ghibli framework as well, but Porco Rosso, it's it is coming in the next few viewings. Trust me. Um, I know. Again, I know that's that's held in high esteem as well. So, um, well, that's what we've been consuming this week. But we consume a lot of stuff. This podcast is bloody awesome. But as co-hosts, we have we have a, a duty to stay bloody awesome throughout the entire week. We have levels. We have bars. We have gains with a Z that we need to make each week in order to keep creating this bonkers good uh, content for you guys. So, John. How have you been maintaining your bloody awesome levels this week?
1: Well, um, I, I put simply going home, which was my, my local theater just reopened this weekend. Um, I had not been in this theater since March of last year when I saw a bloodshot. Yeah. Um, yes. And, uh, <laughs> even though I went to see spiral two weeks ago in the theater, this was, uh, for me felt like going home that not only did I go once twice, but three times this weekend uh, with my regal unlimited pass that uh, has now officially reinstated, I got my my uh, email this morning that they've charged my card uh, for the first time in over a year. Um, I had uh, popcorn and a soda from my birthday still on my card um, mm-hmm. because you get you get those free. I hadn't been able to use them since my birthday in August. Um, you know, I had a mostly positive experience. They are very understaffed right now. and so each time, Uh, like when I, when I got into a quiet place, there was no sound on the trailers, like the trailers were running, but there was no sound and I got real worried that it was just not going to work, but everything was fine. Mm -hmm. Um, we went and saw Cruella, there were no problems. Everything worked smooth. When I went to see wrath, the man, I walked into the theater and all the lights were on like the trailer, like the pre movie trailers were going, but all the lights were on. Um, and I'm like, oh man, it's going to happen. And then sure enough, right when the movie started, the lights went out. I was like, okay, good. You know, (laughs) they're just skating by. They're really like on a skeleton crew right now. Um, they're all mostly new employees too, because like, I don't think anyone came back from last year. And, um, that said the, the thing that was, I thought when I went and saw spiral, when I went to my first theater, I would cry. And I was a little like emotional at first, but no, no real tears came. I was just like, man, it's really good to be back. And Quiet Place, same thing. Nothing really got to me. I was, I, I did start to tear up at the beginning of the movie because I started thinking about, like, I should have seen this last year. Or I should have seen this with my students who just graduated the night before. Like, literally, I saw it on Saturday. My students graduated Friday night. They were supposed to go with me the year before to see it. So, like, mm-hmm. there was a lot of emotions there, but not, it wasn't the theatrical experience. But when we went to see Cruella, um, Regal, at least, does these, like, newbie uh, pre-trailer trailers um and maria menudos is the host of these newbie like little trailer things and this one is her thanking you for coming back to the theater we're so happy i'm about to cry just saying it dude this is so stupid nice i like i sob cried like i was like (gasps) and my wife looked at me i was like are you okay i'm like i'm fine she's like are you crying i'm like no there's no crying (laughs) in cinemas i'm not ashamed to cry but it's a little embarrassing to cry At a commercial, though, but it she said exactly what I'd been thinking, and it was like as much as I think the newbie things are are they're fine, like they're not something I actively like seek out, but I go to the movies enough where I see them all the time, and I have not seen one in over a year. And again, the sound wasn't working when I went to see a quiet place in the pre stuff, so I was just on my phone, so it might have came on, but I didn't see it because I was just like, well, I'm just waiting for the movie to start now. Um, but this one time it was on and it got me. And so like, that was the feeling I expected to have. And again, just talking about it is making me a little emotional. Um, or as my, my boss would say, I'm a little weepy. And, uh, <laughs> I I'm again, I still want everyone to be safe. Don't go. If you don't feel safe where you are, I am. I think we're in an area that is a little unsafe, but I know my theater and I know that it's not usually very populated because it's an older theater. It's been here for a while. There's, It has none of the bells and whistles. It's, it's old seats. They're mostly uncomfortable, but it's mine. And it was really good to be back. Uh, and so much so, again, that I literally went, I went from Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, we were off for Memorial Day. So I, I went in the afternoon each day and man, I just, I was so thrilled to be there. Um, it was, it was nice to be home. So that's how I say bloody awesome is I got to go back to where I feel like I belong the most. It's my cheers. Um, yeah, even though nobody currently knows my name cause they, uh, I'm pretty sure the girl at the, the, the uh, register knows my name cause I've been there for three days in a row and she, it's been her there for three days in a row. So she just knows it's Mr.
0: Birkenfield.
1: Yes. Uh, but, um, it is, it is my, my favorite place to go. Uh, it is my theater as as much as i accept that it's not perfect it is my theater and i i love going to that theater so getting to go three days in a row and see three movies that i enjoyed all three um and again mm-hmm. maybe it's biased because of where i was but you know what i had a good time and that's what it matters. so matt how are you staying bloody awesome and i guess this should have been mine too but i'll let you break the ice
0: no well firstly man good man for getting back in there as much as you can do during the uh well for you guys Memorial Day weekend and I can't wait to just go back again you know what I mean it's the idea just getting in the car usually in the evening but whatever time of the day and checking out a film on the big screen and then coming back and like and and finally saying yes John I've seen this or have you seen this or forgetting that you watched Cruella and then asked you and then saying I'm surprised you haven't seen it and it's not out yet because I was an idiot off air comment. Um been a busy week, but uh, so this how have we stay bloody this is this is a joint thing as 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 well. As long as our as well as our uh, friend of the show, uh, and John's case actual friend, and I, obviously of course I like him too, uh Big Tuna, Sean. Uh we've we I say we're going to, but the Tribeca Film Festival uh it's it's hitting the world in June, ninth of June twenty twenty one to twentieth of June, and we're gonna be covering it. We we were accredited uh as for the podcast uh, me and john the bloody awesome movie podcast got accreditation for tribeca and we're going to be um covering that like we did with fantasia last year so we're going to preview the festival we'll be checking out the the new films that come out some of the documentaries some of the director q and as as well which is going to I can't wait for some of the things that are coming out um so that was great to get an email in the inbox to say you know yep you're in can't wait to get started with that and yeah with fantasia fest it was a busy old time you know uh, watching x amount of films writing about them but at the same time i have now realized that there are many worse things that you could be doing and there are worse issue problems to have than you know watching a lot of films and then having to write about them so this feels like a great it's virtual of course but this film's like an another great step in the right direction for you know just getting just film you know film festivals endured through the pandemic for the most part they embraced a the virtual aspect tribeca big festival it's, it's virtual this year we're going to be covering it i can't wait to be watching some hopefully some films which we will look back on in a year or two's time when they get distribution and think man do you remember when we saw that all that time ago and we said it was great now the world's going to get to see it that excites me, my friend but um so i'm very grateful for the uh opportunity and i can't wait to get stuck in and I don't even need to ask, but I know you are as well.
1: Indeed. Um, I I do wish I was in New York uh, for Tribeca, Um, but I am excited to get to cover it again. Uh, Grateful for the opportunity. And I'm hopeful that we get some good movies last year. Tribeca did do a virtual, uh, but it was very last minute. They were one of, they were like supposed to be starting right when everything went on lockdown here. Um, So, I was in fact, there was a chance had the lockdown happened like a week or two later, I would have either had to have been refunding my tickets. Um, oh, like yeah. I was right in the process of deciding if I was going to go or not. And um,
0: I remember that.
1: So the virtual festival was very pieced together. They were one of the early festivals to go online. So they didn't have a lot of those same opportunities that I'm hoping this year will have remedy. Cause I think Fantasia Fest was a really great example of, an online film festival like it felt like it was prepared though mm-hmm. there were tons of options for us to see things um there was only like one or two movies that were like big on the festival that they didn't have access to yeah. um for one reason or another so i'm hoping tribeca will have all those bugs worked out a lot of the big films that were originally slated for tribeca last year did not get an online release yeah. um and so that that stinks uh because it's it's harder to cover those um, I'm hoping that won't be the case this year. It looks like we're going to have access to a lot of, of the bigger movies on the lineup. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, you know, I've had a lot of fun going to Tribeca. Um, I do think my first year had the best overall like ex- film experience. Um, but there were some really good movies I saw my second year and a couple of the ones I got to see online last year. I didn't watch too many last year cause it was transitioning the whole everything pandemic was still kind of really stressful. Yeah. Um, so I, I wasn't as, uh, ready for it. I'm, I'm a lot more ready for this year's online festival. I do again, it'd be so much cooler to be in New York for it, but i still would be really nervous, like flying and whatnot right now. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm content with it being online for another year. I do hope that next year, uh, maybe we can actually both be in New York for the festival. That would be amazing. So,
0: i'm I'm looking forward to hanging out over the uh over the sewer grate, so i can see if the turtles are down there really eating new york pizza and if they're not i will be slightly disappointed but no that That will will be be
1: also eating new york pizza so it'll be okay i was gonna say we'll be
0: above the grate eating it so that'd be fine oh maybe i will go full method and just sit in the sewer eat it. a half shell on. So, and a massive rat as well. Um, but yeah, hopefully next year that will be uh, the dream, you know, bam, keeping it real in person. So, um, well, as I mentioned next week, and John mentioned as well, we actually mentioned, we've actually given away our slot for next week. Next week, we are going to be giving you our uh, initially non-spoiler review of the Conjuring, the devil made me do it. Uh, the devil made me say it. And we're also going to be previewing Tribeca as well. So some of the films that are going to come out and, you know, what maybe some of the ones we're looking forward to or any kind of predictions we have for the big hitters from the episode at festival sorry so looking forward to covering that Uh, but that is this episode keep an ear out next week for the spoiler review of a quiet place it's usually about 10-15 minutes bite-sized review and we just quickly dive into what we couldn't talk about on this episode so check that out it's on the same bloody awesome movie podcast podcast feed uh if you want to find us online you can do you can find a podcast on twitter at BAMP underscore podcast b-a-m-p underscore podcast and on instagram john we are bloody awesome movie pod and on facebook we are bloody awesome movie podcast if you still uh drive that way if you want to find me online you can do just just go to what i or what i watch tonight on twitter instagram and letterboxd and john where are you I'm at berkreviews.com and Berk on all the social media platforms. Do go check check us out. We're good people. Uh, If you do like what you've just heard, please do share it with your friends and consider giving us five stars on your podcast provider of choice because it helps the show grow, gets more listeners in, which means more engagement with fellow film fans, which is what we are. We're film fans who want to chat with other film fans. So thank you everyone for listening each and every week and to this one. However, with that, I'm going to tell you to stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies.